Home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say it's where you unload your stuff, get tired halfway through unpacking, use some boxes as furniture, realize your oven mitt's in a box that doubles as a nightstand, don't want to buy a new nightstand, and use a towel as an oven mitt instead. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. This episode is brought to you by Verizon. Get a Verizon Business Unlimited plan from the network businesses rely on. Hey, Monica, with 5G Ultra Wideband in many more cities, you get up to 10 times the speed at no extra cost. Hello, downloads in no time. Plus, unlimited premium data and hotspot data to keep the signal flowing and your teams going. Come in or book an appointment with a Verizon business expert to find the right plan for your team. 5G Ultra Wideband available in over 1,700 cities with Business Unlimited Pro 2.0 smartphone plan. Speed comparison is to median Verizon 4G LTE speeds. Download speeds may vary depending upon network and coverage conditions and content optimization for 5G Ultra Wideband. What's up? It is Tuesday in this fine end of the month period, into the quarter period. We're done with Q1. Javi, already, dude. 2020 flying by, brother. That is crazy. It's been a good quarter, though. Very, very strong quarter on on, on many fronts, right? A lot of news. Good stuff coming up in the second quarter, including the Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference coming back to Miami for its 14th edition. There you see it bzcannabis.com there you go <laughs> i like us starting with this it gets me it gets me pumped up you guys we will feature nancy mace david joyce two congress people working for legalization we'll feature boris jordan erwin simon we're going to feature our guests today uh they will be there if you're looking for p- perhaps positions they may be able to help you if you are a good fit we're going to talk about fit and culture with them very excited for that. But Javier, we don't want to waste too much time with pleasantries. Although I got to admit, man, I wanted to play one is the loneliest number because oh. I have been missing you for two weeks in a row. That was two a weeks. lot, man. Well, we were out at South by Southwest. That was very, very interesting. Actually, I got to meet Representative Nancy Mace, who again is speaking at the Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference, April 20th and 21st. Um, I interviewed her. She is super interesting, right? I I never thought me like a you know young liberal from Argentina would connect with a Republican uh, military schooled lady she's from a good South Carolina. It means she's a good politician. I, I mean, I'm not going to say like she was politicizing you or or like you know hoodwinking you or anything like that. I'm just saying like it like she is in elected office because she can connect with you. Daryl, what's up? Sander, what's up? Light yeah. up. What's up? How's everybody doing subscriber. Actually, I got, a, I got an anecdote before the news. Do you want to hear it? Yes, about, like, anecdote me. Story time. So I got off a, an 18-hour 18, 18 flight to get to South by Southwest. I was speaking there in Austin. And I get a call as soon as I get off the plane. Hey, do you want to come interview Nancy Mays? And I'm like, can I do it tomorrow? And she's like, no, we, we need to do it in an hour. I'm like, okay, let me get a shower and run to the meeting. So I do, and I arrive, and she she's there, and she's looking, like, perfectly tidy, and I'm looking tired. And she knows, like, I, I barely had time to shower, so the first thing she says is, did you shower? <laughs> I'm like, yes, I did. She goes, like, okay, you can sit next to me. Of course, kidding, right? But, but I think it was a good, you know, icebreaker there. <laughs> that's, the, that's the first thing I'm going to ask you when I see you in Miami on April, April 19th, brother. Um, awesome. I so 
Um, we have uh, two exciting interviews for you guys today. We're going to speak with Mary Jane and Associates. Uh, we're also going to play an interview that I did with an exciting psychedelics company across the Atlantic that has some really exciting things happening, the Science Group. P-S-Y-E-N-C-E, -E. um, but really interesting stuff happening over there. Christian Gallagher is waiting on Sundial Earnings release. Anyone see it? Um, Javi, you may have a date for that, but I do want to say they just released that they're probably going to close the Alcana acquisition finally this week. Finally. Well, here's, here's something interesting. You know where you can get the best earnings calendars? Guess. Baba Benzinga. Benzinga Pro, actually. That That's was right. what I was going to recommend. That's Pro. right. Benzinga.com. Specific preset for cannabis stocks. Honestly, I use it every morning when I do cannabis daily, y'all. Anyways, um, some very big exclusives. And since yes. we were just talking about psychedelics, let's start with that. BN Star Wellness entered the Brazilian market and will acquire an ibogaine company called BRC Saúde Mental e Terapias Assistidas, which is hard to say, but BRC for, for you know, to make it shorter. Uh, why, why it matters? Brazil is the largest market in Latin America, has a population of 215 million people, and both ketamine and ibogaine are legal for medical use and psychotherapy. So very big opportunity for Bienestar Wellness, uh, Bienestar Wellness, which, by the way, has the support of Numinous Wellness, publicly traded. Wow, that's actually big. Honestly, I didn't know Bienestar, but I know Numinous. Into that company. Yeah, Peyton's great over at Numinous. So that's interesting. Could, could this be something where Numinous looks to jump in here uh, and expand footprint in the future? I mean, probably. I, I definitely see it as, as a kind of an acquisition target. The fact they invested money, you know, the, the, this mm -hmm. BSR wellness company did a $1.25 million raise and half a million was, was, uh, came from Numinous and they are also giving them other stuff like, you know, SOPs, right? Standard operating procedures and stuff like that. So it's, it's a, it's a very good collaboration and, and it seems like, like they are kind of paving the way for, for a potential acquisition in the, in the future. Yeah. Um, all right, Javi, uh, give me one, one big thing and then we can end, uh, after this interview, we'll call out one more thing. Um, but give me one more big news item. I mean, for me, it's, it's a little frivolous, but Brooke Shields joined a CBD company called Prospect Farms. She will be the chief brand officer, board director, investor. Hey. Gotta love Brooke Shields. Gotta love got CBD. You. Gotta love that combo. Absolutely. Uh, and brand officer. It's a, it's a obviously a unique position they probably created for Brooke Shields. But that being said, it's good that she is actually involved with the company. Just being, having celebrity brands hasn't really proven much, to be quite honest, um, with the exception of maybe two or three uh, very large ones. Mm -hmm. That being said, Javier, let's move on to our first interview, man. I'm very excited for this. We're going to welcome Sarah Stewart and Janet Brown, co-owners of Mary Jane and Associates to the the virtual stage. Aaron, bring them on over. Hi, Janet. Hi, Sarah. We Hi, are pumped to have you. I'm very excited for this. And just to set the stage a little bit, and then I'll let you take away uh, on what we're doing here. Um, this represents kind of a, a cool wave for me uh, of new entrance into the cannabis industry. We talked to a lot of OGs on this show. We talked to a lot of people who claimed they've been in since 2009. I'm like, what were you doing in cannabis in 2009? I don't know. Nobody does. But that being said, like you're newer to the industry, but you have so much experience in what you do. 
So I'm going to stop rambling. And uh, Janet or Sarah, do one of you want to enlighten us as to who Marion Jane and Associates are? I'll go ahead. Hi, guys. We're really excited to be here. Um, well, actually, you know, we've been working in the industrial space as recruiters for many years, but our private equity clients pulled us into the cannabis space. Uh, they recognized early on that as these cannabis industry companies are growing, they need talent with a certain level of professionalism and experience in critical functions like HR, finance, legal, operations, supply chain and logistics to gain the confidence of the investment community. So um, we put our heads together and we decided to create a woman-owned executive recruiting firm exclusively for the cannabis industry. So here we are. Yeah. Um, and since we started Mary Jane last year, we've been to conferences, including Benzinga in New York, where we heard so many speakers talk about the need for senior level talent. And of course, existing businesses have a tremendous amount of talent, but mm -hmm. in many cases, they can't grow their own fast enough. So depending on the size of their business, there may be gaps on the leadership team in critical functions, and we are working with our clients to fill those gaps. And I have an incisive question, right? You know, right on to, to start with, right? This is a woman-owned company. Representation in the industry uh, is lacking, to, to you know, put it nicely. Um, what are you doing to, to help fix this? And what can others do, right? Because I, I, I imagine it's, it's an important part of your mission, right? To, to see more women in the C-suite right now, it's like 21%, right? Even though women are 51% of the population, which honestly is messed up. No other way. Yeah. Javier, we agree with you. Um, we are committed to diversity and we've been committed to diversity for a long time. In our search practice, you know, for decades, we have held ourselves accountable for presenting diverse slates of candidates on every search we do. I've also done a lot of recruiting at the board level and the 300 or so board searches that I've done, uh, the outcome of those have been about a third of them have resulted in, um, in a diversity placement, whether that's a woman, a minority, a minority woman, but it's something that we really believe in. So, you know, in cannabis, you see a, a lot of work has been done in trying to establish and equalize the opportunity for women and minorities uh, on the dispensary level. And, and that's super important. And, and we applaud that. Um, but um, it's just not enough, right? So I live in New York and we've just started on the journey of developing the infrastructure for cannabis. And you know, other states I know have set aside licenses for women and minorities. But in New York, uh, Governor Hochul announced just a couple of weeks ago, yeah, that they're going to set aside 100 to 200, the first 100 to 200 licenses for people who have been incarcerated or who have close family members who've been incarcerated. Um, so they're putting aside those licenses for those folks. I think more importantly, and that's a, a pioneering event, I think. Oh, yeah. Probably is going to get some pushback, but uh, but we're we're applauding it, right? Mm -hmm. So um, more importantly, uh, New York put aside a couple hundred million dollars in the budget to help those early licensees uh, gain um, uh, uh, leases and and be able to renovate their storefronts, and that kind of access to capital is going to be a game changer for that group of entrepreneurs. So, but, you know, broader, when you're thinking about how diversity is achieved, I think you can, uh, 
do it from the top down and the bottom up. So uh, when uh, companies, cannabis companies are recruiting at the senior level, they have to hold themselves accountable. Or if they're working with the search firm, they have to demand that the search firm presents diverse slates of candidates. And they need to pay attention at the bottom too, when they're bringing an entry level talent into the pipeline, uh, because that's the talent that hopefully is going to build the skills, um, you know, be able to, to serve uh, at higher levels in the future. But but what's really missing is that third leg of the stool. And what I'm talking about are uh, the people development programs. So a lot of cannabis companies are small. They just don't have the bandwidth to pay attention to everything. But as they continue to grow, they're going to be able to bring on HR professionals who are more progressive, more sophisticated, and they could put in place those uh, those programs so that as people build their skills and develop their experiences, they get a seat on the bench on the succession plan. Okay. And so it takes all of those uh, activities, I think, to achieve diversity. So it, it takes time, you know, and that, that's super, super interesting. Did you see that in the industrial sector? And then to piggyback off that question, uh, I'd love to hear about the transition from industrials to cannabis. Yeah, sure. Well, we have seen that in the industrial space. I mean, look, our, um, you know, our niche is doing senior level uh, search. And when you're doing that, you see an immediate impact uh, on, um, on, you know, achieving more diverse senior leadership teams. Uh, But still, I mean, you look at a lot of companies, there's only one or two senior executives. It depends on the industry that you're looking at, but there's been a big push uh, every company's thinking about it. Uh, the boards have finally achieved. Uh, there was a, an initiative that I was part of, which was to get 20% uh, of board seats in public companies be held by women. And we achieved that a couple of years ago. So the new, uh, the new target is 50%, uh, uh, you know, by 2050, which is a long time. We, we ought to be able to do it, but who knows? Um, so look, the transition to um, from from uh, industrial to cannabis, we're going to still be working in the industrial space, but we thought it was important to have kind of a sister brand that was devoted uh, to, to cannabis. And so like industrial search partners, which kind of tells people what we do, Mary Jane and Associates also kind of, uh, you know, puts a flag out that, that we're into cannabis. And we're just so excited to, to bring a more sophisticated expertise in search to the space because we think um, cannabis deserves it. So the recruiting industry has been around for a long time, right? It's a mature space. You've got big firms that are doing uh, work for every other sector of the economy except for cannabis. And those big firms, like most you know, big professional services firms, are reluctant to jump into cannabis. Mm-hmm. But we can do that. Mm-hmm. And we're so excited about it that that's, you know, we want to bring, you know, a level of sophistication and, and an experience that we don't think most cannabis companies have have felt when they when they work with staffing or other recruiting firms. Can I just ask a quick follow up question uh, there? First impressions. Um, I, I mean, I, we touched on the diversity angle, but are there any other kind of first insights jumping into the cannabis space that you feel um, are noteworthy? Um, I know it's a broad question, but specific from your expertise, um, what's needed? Is there a lack of financial experience? 
Uh, is there a lack of operate? I mean, maybe not operational experience, but I'm curious, like just any initial impressions you got when you first kind of started exploring this industry? Um, well, in the we've been to three conferences now and we've we've been approached um, a number of times already. It's just it's an it's incredibly exciting. And, and um, you guys have been doing it for you know a few years. But for us, it's just the energy and the level of excitement is you know incredible. But we've been approached a number of times already. People are looking for their first CFO. And uh, in, we're, we're seeing a lot of, you know, they want to get that level of professionalism uh, and experience, um, you know, to, to make themselves attractive to the investment community, to, you know, put those, put that C-suite in place. And uh, CFO seems to be, uh, you know, the first thing we've been asked for. Don't you think, Sarah? Yeah, that, that's definitely one of, yeah. one, of the, one of the first requests. But, you know, in looking at uh, who's coming from outside the cannabis industry into cannabis, mm-hmm. I mean, Legal is important. Obviously, the regulatory and the compliance piece is hugely important. Um, I think HR will be uh, increasingly important, uh, as will sort of marketing and branding and all of that. Um, so uh-huh. I think those are the most important first key fun- functions. Now, um, I imagine you, you'll be tapping into your, your pool of pre-existing contacts, your Rolodex, right? recruiting from other industries as well. So what are some of the, the biggest challenges in, in, in finding the people and, and convincing them to transition into the cannabis space? And ultimately, how do you ensure that they're a good fit culture-wise, right? Because cannabis companies are in many senses very different from traditional finance companies, for instance. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, you know, I think the one, one of the biggest challenges is that you know an overarching uh, effect in uh, that's impacted cannabis and, and lots of other industries, and it's only been compounded by uh, by the pandemic. Is the need to find people to come in in leadership positions who can tolerate ambiguity, and so you know every business needs to manage through risk and ambiguity. But when you're bringing in people from outside cannabis to the space, um, they, their lack of exposure to uh, the sources of that ambiguity in camp in cannabis kind of block their vantage point. So they can't really see clearly what the issues are. Um, and, and that's where we help, you know, we can help guide them, help them understand what, um, what's going on in cannabis and why. I mean, you know, some of the ambiguity is caused by this ever-changing landscape in um, legislative and regulatory uh, issues. So um, what we want to do is test and probe and vet that the candidates we're talking to have kind of the flexibility, the nimbleness, the curiosity. They can understand the differences and be able to address them. If you uh, create a crystal ball for that legislative part, you let us know. We'll tap into that. Um, awesome. So uh, very exciting to, to meet you all. I don't expect this will at all be the last time. In fact, I think as we move forward into a more regulated environment, you know, we'll need to touch base because I, I, it's a thorough line of questioning for me. And Javi can, can tout to this. I'm always interested from where executives come from. And, and see how that translates to the path and journeys and, and successes of a company. Um, you know, and, and obviously I haven't found one solid through line yet. So, right. You know, I think culture and fit is a ton. Um, but with that, Janet, Sarah, anything else you, you know, any, any final thoughts you want to leave our, our audience with? 
Well, I would just like to tell you that we are coming up on our first anniversary. We started Mary Jane and Associates last year on 420. Hey, so we will be with you guys for our anniversary. We're really looking forward to Ooh, it. Let's party. Thank you for such a momentous occasion and spending it with Benzinga. I love Absolutely. That. We're excited. Right. Well, Janet, Sarah, thank you both so much for joining us. Uh, website, is it maryjaneandassociates.com? Yes, sir, it is. Beautiful. Check them out if you're interested in joining the cannabis space. Uh, obviously, a wealth of knowledge and expertise for making sure people are in the right situations. Um, so, Janet, Sarah, thank you both again so much. Thank it's you. been a real pleasure. See you in Miami. Yes. yes you. Okay. I have one question from the chat before we jump into the interview. Real, real fast. No time for news. But Michael was asking, you know, I want to invest in, in, in the cannabis company with the best fundamentals. Which ones do you like? And this is not a recommendation. This is the first thing we'll say. Elliot, what do you like? <laughs> I mean, it's such a specific question with such a broad answer, but I would say this. I mean, if you're looking at, uh, Lord, growth opportunity stock, I mean, what direction do I go here, Javi? The U.S. opportunity? Let me narrow. I mean, U.S. opportunity. I, I like ETF, right? If, 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 if you ask, uh, if Michael was asking, like, where do I start? I would start with an ETF. There is MJ, MJUS. That is a great ETF. YOLO. MSOS, THCX. MSOS gets the most volume in MJ as well. Uh, but CMBS, I just have such respect for Tim Seymour. You know, he manages mm -hmm. that one. Um, U.S. opportunities specifically with those stocks, you got to check out the levels right now that Cureleaf is trading at. It just is yep. ridiculous. Six bucks for Cureleaf is insane insanity to me. So Cureleaf um, is a good one. Then, you know, Cresco just announced it is acquiring columbia care and, and you know for 2.1 billion dollars creating the largest company in the world so that is interesting as well if you're looking at canada check out tilray check out you canada know who i like as well i just interviewed him today you'll see the interview on thursday is uh juicy juicy does not dilute you know and i like <laughs> i like that a lot so i mean dilution can come in many different shapes and forms and support uh strategies but i think juicy is very clean no delusions. Yeah. Let's so, get Javi. Love you, man. Love you. We'll see you guys again Thursday. Tune in to this interview happening right now with Tony, Chief Strategy Officer at the Science Group, another wonderful psychedelics companies. We're excited to start featuring them more. Uh, they are investable, uh, and we look forward to hearing your all's thoughts. We appreciate you guys. Javi, any last words, brother? Just check us out, benzinga.com slash cannabis, bzcannabis.com to join us at our event in Miami, April 20th and 21st. And tune in benzinga.com slash cannabis uh, all day, every day for Javi's amazing work and his team. Um, uh, Michael Anthony, last last answer here. Check out Cannabis Daily uh, every morning. I definitely cover all stocks you could possibly want to hear. It's like a three-minute podcast. Uh, you know, Definitely some ideas for you in there. With that, Javi, this is fun, man. Peace. Welcome back to another special. We have had specials galore recently. I'm super excited to dive back in to the psychedelic side of life here. Uh, we're excited to have with us in this special, Tony Budden, Chief Strategy Officer of the Science Group. Science is not spelled like you think. P-S-Y-E-N-C-E, -E, Science Group. Let's bring Tony on. Uh, let's get started in this awesome conversation. I'm excited for it. Tony, how are you, my friend? 
I'm doing very well. Thank you. How are you doing that side? Oh, we're well, we're well. Where are you calling in from? You're, you're well ahead of us on the Eastern time zone, right? Yep. We, I'm calling from Cape Town in South Africa. So we're uh, kind of late summer. It's a beautiful day out here. And mm. yeah, really I'm enjoying jealous. the it's sunshine. And, uh, gloomy and rainy yeah. in New York City. So yeah. eat it up. <laughs> I'm also our producer, Aaron <laughs> Thomas, was born in Johannesburg. So oh, we awesome. have a little connection to you guys there. But so, Tony, without further ado, please give us an introduction uh, to Science Group and what you're focused on. Right, so Science Group, we're committed to um, natural psychedelics and focusing on uh, at the moment on psilocybin. We got a federal license in a small country called Lesotho. We've been active there for about five years previously, running uh, Canopy Growth Africa out of our facility there, and it built up a really good relationship with the Ministry of Health. Obviously, I wow. invested a lot and, and went through the process of paying for a special license to cultivate and uh, produce uh, psilocybin mushrooms. Um, with uh, getting that and and starting the production, obviously um, one of the first in the world to, to get a federal approval, uh, we realized that we needed to fulfill our picture as well and, and go all the way to um, you know what, what we saw the need was going to be in the future, which is drug development. And at that stage, we acquired a group called uh, Science Therapeutics. It was uh, based out of Canada and Jamaica and had a much more science SCI focused <laughs> uh, focus on the, the drug development on the actual molecules. Um, then outside, we were focused at that stage on production, knowing that everyone who wants to do the research around the world is going to need access to the raw material. Um, we looked at the price that people were having to pay for synthetic uh, psilocybin. We know that uh, through our experience of, of cultivating at the low cost on the cannabis side in Africa um, and our understanding of logistics, moving controlled substances around the world, um, dealing with you know the pioneering that we know we're, we're all in at the moment. You're finding the ways, you're finding the, the ways to get to the regulators, to speak to the market, to take what's been seen as an illicit substance and do the convincing and the changing of minds and hearts to bring it into the realm of not only being licit, but being desired and um, finding the, the route to give it to those who need it. Um, we're focusing on palliative care for a number of reasons. Um, we know it works, first of all, where there's so much uh, anecdotal evidence that that's happened over over the years we know it is such an unmet need and we can be a real disruptor in the space and and the more I, I look at this the more i see how we have no understanding what palliative care really means it's been pigeonholed almost into hospice you know like mm -hmm. where people go basically to die but palliative care can you don't even have to be terminal to have palliative care you can have a, a shortened lifespan. You can have, have been told that you might make 30 years, but 30 years is still shorter than the 60 or 70 years. And palliative care is dealing with the social, emotional, and spiritual needs of a patient who's undergoing other serious medical care. So adjustment disorders, when someone's been told, look, you know, this is what's going to happen. You're going to have a shortened life lifespan. You're more than likely going to have to go through a lot of um, treatment and the treatment on its own is traumatic. Anyone who's spent a lot of time in hospitals and moving from physician to physician and trying different drugs and and you know you're thinking something's your next big hope and then being disappointed or 
you're just dealing with this idea that you've got to at some point say goodbye to your family i mean this is a, it's so timely as well because it's something we've all thought about over the last two years you know with the pandemic we've all had a time where we thought cheapest if i get this what's those last few months going to be like all that last right. few weeks am i going to say goodbye to my family am i gonna have to face my maker am i is there a maker you know, all this existential distress that comes along and adjustment disorder is a disorder that happens when someone needs to now adjust their life and their, their way of being the new way of being to having this thing hanging over them but still wanting to live a normal life still wanting to be able to share love to share life to want to live which is kind of the opposite where we do we think about palliative care being you know morphine where the minute you go on morphine you kind of lose the will to live because you're in your cotton wool of of painlessness where we're looking at it the other way around it's like look this is an opportunity to bring someone back to their natural self back to mm -hmm. being in touch with yeah. nature first of all but also their natural self and through that have an enhanced experience of the last months or years or you know maybe even extended period of treatment that they have to be on now and is so, i'm what, sorry what no no problem you know it's just we we really see that that would be an amazing gift to give people and we know it is not something that that's being offered and um having been through quite a few experiences myself i know one of the side effects of these journeys is losing the fear of death mm -hmm. that through this deep connection the psychoactive space and the soul space that you go to that um you lose the idea that this is your only vehicle you feel that there is so much more to to life beyond the human experience right and that is something that is really helping people who are using it in the palliative care space. If you look at the, you know, the Canadian results that are com you know, coming out of the, what the great work that Theracil and others are doing up there. Um, is is psilocybin uniquely situated to do what you're saying? Because there are multiple psychedelic um, pathways here, but is psilocybin more uniquely situated for this than the others? More influenceable, <laughs> should I say, uh, <laughs> in the set and setting. From the experience and, and the data that's that's already out there, you know, if you look at LSD, it's often a chaotic experience. It's uh, you get taken by LSD a lot more than you take LSD. Where and you know, like the psilocybin experience is a lot more easier uh, to influence through the set and setting and through the. You, know, you got to remember, we what, what we're developing here is not just psychedelic therapy; it's psychedelic assisted psychotherapy. So it's the process that leading up to the to the the journey what they call the, the mystical dose or the hero's dose and then the process afterwards of integration is incredibly important to us it's not just because two capsules you know, from your doctor call me in the morning and tell me what went on it's a it's a process and in that process you can really help influence what someone is is going to go through you, there's no guarantee you know these substances mm -hmm. have, uh, literally a mind of their own once they get into into the brain and um, all sorts of things can come up but it's that supported process and uh, the relatively shortness, uh, uh, relative shortness of the, the the psilocybin compared to to LSD specifically. Not quite as short, obviously, as um, uh, things like uh, DMT and that. But short enough that in half a day you can go through the, this process and have this profound experience, and then have the ability to be really, really supported in it. I don't want us to like go too far here without talking about the strategy part of this. Uh, yeah. and what science is doing uh, to move these therapies forward. So wh where are you all in the process of creating a medicine here? So what I just spoke to you about is a lot about the why. 
you know, why mm-hmm. are we doing this? Why we have chosen uh, Cybin? Why we've chosen Natural? Um, I can speak a little bit more about that. And right now, we we're in what everyone else is is in at the moment is figuring out the how. We've got our most traditional pathway, which everyone knows is the traditional drug development pathway. So we are at pre-clinical phase. Um, we've had our scientific meetings with the MHRA in the UK already, um, that we'll be hopefully launching our, our phase 2A trial later this year. Um, everything is looking on target for that. And that will then start the process over the next you know, couple of years to get all the way through to a Uh, market authorization for a drug that is being developed specifically for our indication of adjustment disorder within the palliative care space. But as you so rightly mentioned earlier, within adjustment disorder sits also anxiety, depression, PTSD, all of these other um, conditions that feed into adjustment disorder. But we, we know that we're going to be getting a lot of data out of our trial that will also feed into the existing body around how psilocybin can help with those as well. Because adjustment disorder is, is fairly broad and, and um, our, our, our main aim as well is obviously to get to these patients before they put on multiple other you know, antidepressants or SSRIs. That, that is going to be the challenge. But um, luckily, in the space we're in, it's not an automatic uh, right. You, you, you've got stage three cancer. We're going to put you on whatever else. It's not automatic in that space. So, um, have you? We, that we'll be able to overcome that. Yeah, it seems to me like the last question here in terms of strategy, um, in terms of how you're funding this, it seems, did that license with Canopy Growth help you all provide some funding toward this? And are you continuing to license with them? Is there a partnership ongoing there? Um, I'm curious about that. Lens has built up its own company and has uh, own full team, uh, full QA. Um, obviously, our mycologists. We've got um, on the in the in Canada. We've got a professor of pharmacology. We've got a neurologist on the team. We've got palliative care experts. We've you know, we've built up our own team. But initially, that experience that we gained through Canopy and also the network of of understanding the investors that you know, that we needed to build the company before Canopy bought us. So, as you all know, it's a lot of People who uh, invest in cannabis are also finding psychedelics incredibly attractive um, for many of the same reasons. You know, they they often come from a space of of having uh, either their own experience or or are wanting to be impact investors, wanting to make a, a lasting difference. And we know that these substances can make a lasting difference on many people. And amazed to see not only the impact on the patients, but sometimes the impact on the investors. When you start investing in in things like this that have such a positive contribution to the way we're moving, changing medicine, changing the way we live, changing the way we see the world and and, and beyond the world, it's very hard then to go back and invest in like the Tarzan project or into, you know, like, Stopping down the redwoods or something like right. that. So, <laughs> yeah, really, Tony, uh, yeah, this so. has been a very exciting introduction uh, to Science Group. I'm excited to see how you all develop um, in the next few years. And obviously, it's something that I think most of our audience would agree is incredibly necessary right now with the mental health issue coming out of this pandemic and even before that. That's it, y'all, for this special. We will see you guys soon.
Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say it's where you unload your stuff, get tired halfway through unpacking, use some boxes as furniture, realize your oven mitt's in a box that doubles as a nightstand, don't want to buy a new nightstand, and use a towel as an oven mitt instead. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. If your account's payable is buried in paperwork, getting back to normal may not sound so appealing. Automate with Avid Exchange and enjoy 100% digital accounts payable. With 24-7 access and secure e-payment options, you can easily review, approve, and pay your bills anytime, anywhere, from any device. So say goodbye to all that paperwork and hello to the ease and flexibility of automated accounts payable. Learn more at avidexchange.com. That's avidexchange.com. Jeep Freedom Days are here, where right now, well-qualified returning FCA lessees get a low-mileage lease on the 2022 Grand Cherokee WK Laredo E4x4 for $369 a month for 36 months with $3,799 due at signing. Tax title license extra. No security deposit required. Call 1-888-925-JEEP for details. Requires dealer contribution, a lease through Chrysler Capital. Lessee is responsible for termination fees. Current lease must end by 7-3-23. Extra charge for miles over $30,000. Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery by 7-5-22. Jeep is a registered trademark. 